Welcome everyone to the Inhumans podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here today to talk to you about an eventful week in the early online life of the Inhumans. Yes, indeed, Pete. We got a, uh, a a cornucopia of offerings. We got the teaser poster. We got a a cast picture, and Did then we, we got... get a cast picture though. What's that? Did we get a cast picture though? Well, how, Pete, that's that's going to be something we discuss in a minute. L- let's start with the the teaser poster, which uh, was uh, teasery, and that we had the uh, kind of the inhuman symbol over the planet Earth. Yeah, it's everything that you would come to expect. Here we get uh, an idea of the the logo, a little bit of theme. You know, we've got the otherworldly merged up with uh, the terrestrial, of course. We've got the black bolt symbol uh, front and center there. And uh, calling out here for IMAX in theaters September 1st, ABC this fall. And uh, Pete, I think that's a good point to start uh, because here's I understand the concept of this show, the IMAX portion and the TV portion, but as it kind of continues to be restated, whether it's the poster that features IMAX and in, in you know in IMAX theaters September first on the left hand corner, ABC this fall on the right hand corner. I, I just have this sense that people out there are going to say, I'm confused what I'm supposed to do. And, I, and and maybe as they understand it better, they're going to say, I'm confused why I need to go pay to see the first two episodes on a big screen and then see more content of those episodes on the small screen. Well, let's talk timing uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy in theaters in the United States this weekend. And, of course, you can head to FantasticGeek.com or iTunes to get our thoughts on that film. Uh, You have the IMAX portion of that audience going to the theater. So perfect timing. You get your Inhumans uh, teaser poster there. Oh, look, here's this thing. And, I mean, you kind of have to look down the bottom and – really look it over. I don't think it's truly popping off the poster to see IMAX and then ABC. But uh, that kind of dovetails, Matt, into our next discussion in terms of the the first cast photo. Uh, Yes, the first cast photo, I think it could be it could be fairly stated, Pete, was not received very well by by Internet folk. (laughs) Oh, no. It was not. And uh, Matt, before we had even uh, started to podcast today, as you were trying to find that photo, which was stamped at least in a number of places with an Entertainment Weekly stamp, uh, how did that go? I know. And and look, let me just say, did I spend 20 minutes looking for it? No, but a quick a quick look on the Hollywood Reporter website and the Deadline website. I was not able to find the article. I know Deadline had an article with that picture. Um, I'm not saying it's not there. I'm also not saying that I'm a dummy that doesn't know how to search these websites. 
it makes me wonder if maybe the negative response to the picture, um, which was, uh, you know, was uh, one that or originated from Entertainment Weekly, um, maybe some phone calls were made behind the scenes and said, you know what, we, do we need to have that picture up there? How about how about we uh, arrange for an exclusive screening of uh, of uh, Inhumans when when we're ready to share footage? You you can join that. Why don't we yank yank that picture for now because. Pete, I'm looking at a at a blown up version of the picture. It's a very high resolution picture. I understand that we we're going to have some CG elements added later on, but it it doesn't look great. It doesn't look. I don't know. Some of it looks. Pete, I'm not a cosplay person, but let me put it this way: I feel like I've seen better cosplay at the various conventions we've been to, and this isn't meant to be cosplay. It's meant to be you know costume we have undoubtedly seen better cosplay particularly at new york comic-con but you know you you can find versions and that was another way people were comparing what was seen in this first assemblage for the photo of the cast uh you know excellent uh, independently made cosplay versions of these characters versus the one that's going to be on a massive screen in a theater that we're going to pay for and then later uh, check out on TV. Um, Pete, how, how did the rest of, how, how did internet folk find this picture? I mean, we've, we've kind of shared our opinions a bit. What was the, uh, from your sampling of uh, responses, what, what are people saying? Yeah, I did quite a bit of looking into the, I mean, let's be honest. This is, this is, full-on mocking that that happened with this photo the the first tweet i'm gonna cite was by mike lee at damn it d-a-m-m-i-t underscore mike m-i-k-e and uh it reads simply expectations versus reality and first we have um you know a, a great uh, pre-visualization style uh you know super modern comic photo of all of these characters, particularly Medusa kind of rising up behind with, uh, you know, the, the red hair, which is alive in the comics flowing. And then you've got the picture over to the side and the lady in the purple dress with the red wig. Yeah. I mean, her, her, uh, costume head to toe. I mean, the wig looks like a wig. The costume just looks like spandex with some shoulder pads and then some some slits cut out in the, you know, torso area, but of course not showing too much. It's just not a good look. Um, even looking at the other, at some of the other characters, there just, there appears to be, Pete, here's my bet, looking at this picture, that this was an early, uh, an early costume test and you know what you're allowed to test your costumes and you're allowed to say things need to change because it looks one way under the uh, under the lights of the sound stage it looks you know another way under the sunlight or whatever but on camera it just doesn't work and i look at these costumes and maybe with the exception of, of black bolt's costume which is I suppose a a decent enough um, real world representation of the comic outfit. There's kind of nothing remarkable about these costumes. If anything, they look, quite frankly, Pete, they look like parodies that you could buy, you know, at the Halloween store. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, I'm all right with everything I see with the exception of Medusa. And uh, Sorinda Swan is a pretty gal. And um, basically you take uh, the, the worst possible things you could put her in. And, and that's how we've outfitted her here. Even the look on her face, Matt, uh, expresses uncomfortability. Um, the next tweet came from Screen Junkies. That's at Screen Junkies, a, a, a verified account. And uh, it says, spot the differences, hashtag in humans. And uh, somebody put this together where it's a mashup. It's the Babylon 5 cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then below is the Inhumans cast. And it says, can't wait for Babylon 6. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've seen that comparative picture. I certainly encourage others to check it out. It's, it's difficult to argue with. I mean, down to position and, and relative likeness in height and, uh, character, uh, the, the way they've got it. And I get it. You know, how many times can you, can you pose a cast? And it's, it's kind of like, you know, making a, uh, a, a Christian rock, uh, album cover, you know, somebody's got to look over here or somebody's got to look down here, you know, somebody's, somebody's got to be on their haunches, kind of, kind of looking out to the horizon. I, I understand it, but, um, yeah, this, this thing, you have to wonder, Matt, who made the decision to let this see the light of day and what their fate has been since. <laughs> uh, it certainly does not give me confidence in the series, I then, uh, or, or it doesn't add to the confidence. There's a certain pedigree of Marvel TV, which, you know, is a, a, a bar you and I both hold very high. Uh, in our Iron Fist podcast, we had both, I, I think perhaps me more so, had expressed some concerns about overall scope of that season and how much was laid at the feet of showrunner Scott Buck. Scott Buck, who is back for these eight episodes of Inhumans, um, and who was, uh, who was interviewed for entertainment weekly. Um, I, I mean, I mean, Pete, I think that we pride ourselves uh, for our podcasts on not being haters and not being negative, but got to call this what it is. It, to, to me, it's just not adding to that confidence. Then there's other, other bits and pieces that have come out since then. For example, we knew that the character of black, uh, bolt, uh, you know, his voice can cause uh, destruction with the slightest whisper. So uh, there's a, a Scott Buck quote out there that, uh, therefore, he does not have dialogue and communicates with sign language. So it's like, okay, I mean, look, we live in this golden age of TV, the platinum age of TV. There's all, all sorts of weird things that shouldn't work that do when done right. Fargo being an example, you know, there's no sense that you can turn that movie into a TV show. Now they're on their third season and it's all weirdly interconnected and fantastic. But Pete, we got a lead in this show that doesn't talk. That's, that's chill inducing right there. Um, and, and will they work around that in a story sense? I'm thinking you almost have to, why would you go get, Anson Mount and not allow him to speak. Um, so yeah, I, I think, and, and Buck has, has said, you know, the, the writing of it has, has been a little bit difficult. 
okay, um, I, I think we need to take this step back at this point and, and look at a common denominator in Buck. Uh, he took over the show running duties for the last season of Dexter, um, a, a, a once critical darling that uh, the most maligned uh, it was critically was at the end. Then we had Iron Fist. And while you and I both enjoyed things about Iron Fist, there are some serious problems and is clearly the weakest offering of the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe's TV side to this date. This photo, and granted, you know, he is a showrunner. He's not doing the design. He's having some input on the design. But this this photo does not inspire a ton of confidence. Matt, I will cap the internet's reaction with my final tweet here from Andrew Husband. That's at Andrew Husband, another verified account. And his tweet reads thusly, pretty sure Hanna-Barbera can sue Marvel slash ABC for turning hashtag inhumans into bad Scooby-Doo cosplay. And the moment you read that and then you look at uh, Medusa's outfit, yeah. You can't unsee it. You can't. Um, it's it's just it's a mind-boggling bit of PR that this photo would get out. I mean, you were you were half jokingly suggesting, Pete. You know what has happened to the person that released somebody's this been sacked. Is 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 my very fair observation. Here's how you fix this, and you know what we'll talk about next, and what they attempted to do to kind of take the bad taste of this away from the internet. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play PR guy right now. In addition to what they've already done, let's hope that Lockjaw is uh, the dog version of Baby Groot. Not that he's tiny and cute, and you know runs through scenes and causes havoc, but uh, that this CGI creation, which is going to be magnified on your IMAX screen come September 1st. Let's hope it is a scene-stealing, joy-bringing thing. And as uh, soon as something's rendered completely, I would get that out as soon as possible. Yes, but can they? I mean, here we sit, Pete, recording on May 6th. Um, we are, we are uh, about 10 days away from, pardon me, I take that back. We are about, um, oh, math is difficult here. We're about three or four days away from the, uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 421. Uh, they just finished the visuals, the VFX for it, like yesterday. Uh, I can't remember whether it was Thursday overnight, our time, or Friday overnight. But point is, they're taking it very, very close to the wire. Now, okay, you know, all you need is enough time to get it out to your affiliates, which I'm sure is done digitally. So point being, it's not panic on the uh, you know panic on the uh, on the deck of the Titanic here, but my point being, those things that we're going to see Tuesday night were finished a couple of days before it had to get to the audience, uh, and we've all seen you know for behind the scenes stuff we've all seen um, incomplete visual effects and how awful they look you know they're plastic and they're not meshed with the scene and you know that's part of the process. Point being. You might not have those effects truly where you want them to be until, you know, whatever until whatever the lead-in time is to get uh, a copy of the first two episodes to your IMAX screens. And Pete, it's got to be digital at this point, meaning potentially you could be working on it on August twentieth, August twenty-fifth, perfecting it, shading it, tweaking it, whatever it might yep. be. 
so it's kind of like you're not going to know if it works in fact i'm reminded there's a kevin feige quote the part uh from from this past week or two that part of the reason why they keep including humor in the marvel films is because when the effects have just been started and you have these scenes that are in absolute tatters because it's a little corner of a set and everything else is green screen and they're fake acting and punching pretend things you have no idea if it's going to work but when somebody comes in and delivers a funny line when when chris pratt in uh guardians one you know picks up the orb and then accidentally drops it that was a mistake you know what plays great on screen you're watching you're watching the, the dailies come in that makes you laugh that makes you connect to the characters so who knows for any of this but I, I don't know. As I as I keep saying, Pete, I'm a little nervous about this show. I'm more than a little nervous, and you're absolutely right at, to point out the 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 time differential from when they would complete effects to when they would air. Um, I do want to counter that with saying that the the IMAX situation is going to push that a little further. Um, We'll see footage of Lockjaw. They they will have trailers for this, I would expect, uh, for San Diego Comic-Con in July. Um, if not showing the first episode or two episodes that, you know, the portion that's going to air in IMAX ahead of time, um, you know, possibly as early as San Diego Comic-Con, if not full-on scenes. So... Yeah, uh, trying to think of ways they can undo this, Matt, basically is is what I'm I'm trying to give them. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you you talked before about our our ability to shoot it down the middle that we're not going to hate on this uh, that we do like these shows, but at the same time, you know, you're not going to feed us a hot dog and have us tell you that it's flame and yawn. Well, and not to repeat myself, but just. Now that it, now that some of this promotional stuff, the picture notwithstanding, now that the now that the promotional story is being told, hey, let's start to get excited for this thing. To just look at the trailer a, that concludes with a Marvel television series in IMAX theaters September first. Okay, a Marvel television series on ABC this fall. I, I Pete, there was once upon a time where it was watch it, watch a cruddy movie. Uh, on your on your Netflix website, no, that's where you get your discs. You know, so uh, that is to say, you know, new things, new ways of getting entertainment to us. Sometimes it takes time for it to sound normal, then all of a sudden it's normal. I just feel like outside the the MCUO sphere, if that is a, such a phrase, uh, <laughs> outside what most, if not all, the listeners understand is. You know, the movie, I'm sure all the listeners know the movie side and the corporate strife within Disney and all of that, all, all, all the particulars. Just for Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo, who's, hey, I want to check out a cool new thing. Are You have to go to the movies because then it continues? No, 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 it doesn't continue. It, 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 or or it's, it's, it, it's going to be rerun. And then you get more. I, I just feel like there's this muddiness to it that potentially could become, I don't know, could become a, 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 a rallying point to say, you know what, I'll just wait until it's all, uh, I'll just set my DVR and, and watch the whole thing in one weekend, or I'll just wait until it's got to hit Netflix at some point, right? Which is not a good place for, for any entertainment 
space to be in unless it's a Netflix thing. This is a precedent setting uh, film and, and TV operation. And this is not the photo that you release to, uh, to sell that, Matt. Um, had they just released the, uh, the little teaser there, I think this is a completely different conversation. Yeah. And I wonder too, I know that apparently Disney had worked with ABC affiliates to make sure everybody kind of understood the particulars here, because, you know, if you're an, if you're an independently owned ABC, uh, you know, affiliate channel, you don't want, of course you want the two hour, uh, the first two episodes, the two hour IMAX movie. Of course you want that on TV too, because you don't want people not watching your, your, your local channel. Um, I guess we'll see Pete. Bottom line is we're, we're, we're keeping an optimistic eye to the future and we'll see how, we'll see how further news comes out and, uh, and just, just hope that this ends up being a really compelling, different slice of the MCU. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're going to be there. So <laughs> if it's, if it's great, we'll be there to extol its virtues. If it's anything less than, you know, we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it, but you know, we all win with quality TV. Pete, of course, the Inhumans podcast by Fantastic Geek, along with the entire family of podcasts made possible. Thanks to our patrons on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. They're keeping the lights on for us. So thank you one and all. Absolutely. And one thing we'll never ask them to pay for is a really bad cast photo of the two of us. But uh, anybody who contributes uh, gets free, exclusive uh, podcast uh, content. And then we have the various levels that you can choose to donate at. So thank you again for even considering it and helping us uh, keep the lights on around here. With that, Pete want to remind everybody that if they want to hear more of your homespun wisdom, how can they do so? <laughs> I don't know about homespun and or wisdom, but you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 9,231 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want. You could talk in humans. You could talk MCU. You could talk Star Trek. You could just, whatever's on your mind, go ahead and share. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with the P and the H. Fantasticgeek.com. Fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Same name on Twitter and Instagram as well. Also, the listener line, 732-707-1815. You can leave a message on there. Google Voice number, or uh, if you're so inclined, email us an MP3 if you're outside the U.S. Um, but Pete, I heard that there's this this nascent little social network where you can also get in touch with us. Yes, the the Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, we will be back in the coming weeks, the coming months, as there's further Inhumans news out there. So with that. I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I was going to sign it, Matt, but given that this is an audio medium, I'll just say goodbye, everybody. 